Hello, everyone. Welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer. It's Trent Smallwood, Jed May. The team is back together. Everybody's here and talking Georgia football recruiting here on this special Thursday night edition. Had some family stuff had to take care of on Monday night. So we're coming to you here live on a Thursday to talk about what's remaining in Georgia's class of 2024. Also, we debuted the UGA Sports 2025 big board so a lot to talk about here guys first of all how are you doing and you know we're down to the down to kind of the nitty-gritty here uh as there's a few spots remaining in this georgia class yeah doing good it seems like it's been forever since we've done this but there's been you know probably five or six commitments since the last up since our uh, last the last inception of this show with all of us here so uh been busy for sure Trent? Yeah, um, glad to be here. Glad Jed's finally here. I don't think I've seen him since May. And, um, uh, yeah, I, it's kind of funny to talk about you know, down to the nitty-gritty at, at, in July. And, uh, you know, Georgia's uh, at that spot. You know, they have limited spots left. You know, you could see some decommits and, and some or, or some – uh, guys take up uh, a certain position and see guys decommit. But overall, you you got what um, – Georgia's got most of their top guys and have very little spots left, and it's going to be interesting to see some of those spots, uh, what position they go to, who they hold out for, and, uh, you know, who they push for all the way to signing day. Yeah, and, and a lot of the guys that are remaining, this, this episode is labeled five-star focus because Trent – there's some big fish still out there, and Georgia's already, you know, got a five, six hundred point lead right now in terms of the the rivals ranking. And there's some guys that could really boost that twenty player average up uh, here pretty quickly in the next three, four weeks. Yeah, you got uh, several guys that could come off the board. You know, Justin Williams, uh, of course, KJ Bolden is announced in the first week of August. Uh, you can see uh, William uh, Williams Warnery uh, to come off the board. So there, there's a, oh, I guess he is. He's got an announcement date of August first. August first, yeah. So uh, some big fish on the board, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, uh, if Georgia was to land, say two out of three of those guys, uh, the spots definitely get even more tighter um, and moving towards the season. Absolutely, Jed. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts, just in general, before we get into specifics and answering vault questions? We've seen, uh, you know, kind of the the early worries of people being, of, in terms of people on the vault being like, "Man, the offensive line class is not going to necessarily be in it, what what they're wanting." And uh, you know, Stacy Searles is struggling. And then, boom, a string of four offensive linemen come through, and and then uh, some big guys on the other side of the ball in the trenches. Uh, what's just kind of your overall synopsis of this class is where it stands right now? Yeah, that offensive line class came together uh, really quick. You know, it's a good mix of each guy. I think is a good mix of high upside and and also you know they they got a ways to go. Um, you know, high upside, but there's there's certain things they could add right away, especially the guys that are coming in early. So um, it's it's really just. Mostly each position group has a spot left, you know, a running back as the, as you look at Nate Frazier, receiver, trying to take a fourth guy, um, you know, a, a guy at, at defensive line, three-tech, five-tech um, with, with Nawanery, and then uh, Aiden Breland as you look at that three-tech spot, inside linebacker. Inside linebacker is kind of the interesting one because Demarcus Riddick 
is is still committed to Georgia for now. His decision date is, I think, what two weeks from yesterday. Twenty six. Um, yeah. So there's him. There's Justin Williams. There's Chris Jones. There's Chris Cole. Like that's the one spot where there's a lot of movement left. And then defensive back as well. You know, Peyton Woodyard is being recruited by other teams. Jalen Hayward is being recruited by other teams, and obviously KJ Bolden. So really, every, every a lot of these spots have just got one guy left except for inside linebacker where there's a lot of movement still to happen and defensive back as well, depending on um, not, not to say any Woodyard or Hayward or, or any of those guys are necessarily on flip watch per se, but if one of them were to leave, then that could be something where you see a guy, you know, like a Kyron Jones last year came out of nowhere at the end of the year, Georgia gets him on campus, flips him from NC state and, and takes him as a defensive back. That could be something that, um, you know, I would keep my eyes on eyes on going throughout the season. Yeah, and you know, there's there's still some some crazy things yet to happen. I think it's worth talking about uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern getting fired uh, or relieved of his duties there. There's been talk about Brian Hartline uh, at that at that job that they he could get a look at least an interview for that job. And Trent, you've you've kind of kept Jeremiah Smith in your class prediction. That could that could go a long way towards making that come to fruition if Hartline ends up interviewing. Uh, over at Northwestern. Yeah, I mean that—that's kind of you know where where I've kind of stuck to that at. And out of the three wide receivers that we talk about, pretty much all the time with the five-star wide receivers, I feel like Jeremiah Smith gives has the best chance to be in that class, just simply because of his uh, relationship with Dylan Rowell. If one Georgia continues to build that relationship, and I think Brian Hartline's a big reason why he's going to Ohio State. That relationship and and what he's built there. So if Brian Hartline starts getting, which I, I expect him to, he's, he's, you know, calling plays this year, even if he don't, uh, you know, have that job offer before the season uh, anywhere. But uh, I, I believe he's going to get several job offers after the season, and it'll be interesting how that plays out come December. I don't, I'm not expecting anything to happen with Jeremiah Smith before, you know, December, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out come that time. A hundred percent. So now, guys, we're going to get to vault questions here in just a minute, but I wanted to uh, tell everybody it's in here. You know, uh, J- Jermaine King is in here. Appreciate you. Randy Payne uh, from Tifton. He's always in here with us. We appreciate you. Andy Stowe, uh, long time no see, my friend, for sure. Uh, Andy's in here. And then Alex Page, usually over on our Georgia Players section show that we have with former dogs Tavares King and Noshawn Marino each week. He's over here in the recruiting show with us, and uh, he's got a question for us that we're going to hit for him because he is such a loyal viewer of the programs here. Uh, we're going to hit his question first. Guys, what is Kirby telling recruits and their parents regarding all the external stuff going on, like AJC articles, speeding tickets, et cetera, though you know, he said it's not really affected recruiting. How much do you think that has to come up in conversation, and how much do you think the UGA – demanding a, a retraction of that article of by Alan Judd and those guys over at AJC was also not only standing up for themselves, but kind of messaging to future recruits saying, hey, we don't stand for this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if, if you looked at the transcript of that of the, of the meeting with beat writers that Dash put out and Kirby, someone asked Kirby. If I was the parent of a recruit, I, I would be asking about this because it's certainly garnered a lot of headlines. But I think, you know, the, even before this incident and all through this, all through the year, 
connection and, and family and all that kind of stuff is something that is hammered home when, when George recruits these guys. And I think they have been consistent in their messaging of, hey, this was a, a horrible accident. You know, we, we, we mourn. I mean, a lot of these recruits, I mean, this, this is a Chandler LaCroix, especially with someone a lot of these recruits and their parents knew, right? I mean, how many, how much has Dylan Raiola talked about that um, when we've had him on? So I think, you know, you, you got to do what you can because you know that it's, it's being bandied about by your rivals, right? The culture issues and all this kind of stuff. So I think the, the messaging has been our culture is good. It's fine. There, this is an, I don't know. Not, I don't know if "isolated incidents" the right word, but but you know, you you know Kirby Smart's addressing it, even though he says it's this isn't about recruiting, whatever. It all ties into recruiting at some point, so um, you know he's addressing it. You know he's standing up for his players, the culture he's built, um, even as as rivals kind of try to chip away at it. Yeah, I think Georgia is more under the spotlight because of the wreck and because of the tragedy that happened in Athens. I think the speeding's happening all over the country, and I don't think it's uh, not say it's right, and not not saying it's right by any means, but I think it's happening all over the country. But I think it's being spotlighted at the University of Georgia because of the incidents that have happened. I think players, I think speeding is an issue not at the University of Georgia just per se. I think it's the issue all over the country with the the drag racing and all that stuff because it's happening e everywhere. But I think Georgia's more into the spotlight. Because of what's happened, is it affecting the recruiting? I know parents are probably asking questions, and uh, rightfully so. But I, I do think that uh, I don't necessarily think Georgia is is you know hurting and recruiting because of the speeding issue. I think um, you know there's several people making bad choices, but uh, overall, I think it's you know I, I think it's a question the parents are asking, but I don't think it's you know damp or anything. No doubt, no doubt. I think uh, it is something that I know for a fact that KJ Bolden's family had that conversation with with Kirby Smart and had to had to you know see what what was in place and, and things like that. And and you know Kirby Smart and, and and company they they're telling these guys, hey, we we've got you know Gant there that that helps mentor guys. They bring in Georgia State Patrol to to help talk to people and things of that nature. But there's definitely there's two sides of this story. You can also you can admit that there's an issue that needs to be resolved, and you can also say, "Hey, there's been people out there sensationalizing it and things like that." And I think that's what Georgia was trying to do, especially on the on the story about that Georgia rallies, quote unquote, rallies around uh, people accused of sexual abuse and stuff like that. And I think that's what really riled up Kirby Smart the most because he was pretty contrite about the. He was pretty contrite about the speeding, saying, "Hey, yeah, it's a problem, and we got to fix it." And he's gonna he's gonna try to get it done. He did. He said he didn't know if you could quote eradicate speeding um, unless you just take guys' keys away from them. Which Jed, I don't think you know they're not their mom and dad. I don't know if they can really do that either. But I mean, they can tell them they could kind of tell them, "Hey, if you go driving this weekend, you're not gonna play." <laughs> Maybe something like that. But I don't know if they could. Uh, you know, just take away somebody's car or something from them. But yeah, interesting stuff, stuff that, that has to be looked at and stuff that is going to be an impact when you're under the microscope, like Trent said, when you're at the top of the mountain, people put more emphasis on stuff. So now guys, let's go ahead and hit some of these, these vault questions. But before we do, got to give a shout out. You see the logo there on the bottom right hand of the screen. We're presented by Julie's Bookkeeping. Uh, I put in the comments 
of of the YouTube section there that guys rumors versus facts and you see it at the bottom it is presented by Julie's bookkeeping if you want a company that is run by Georgia fans that you can help out and that they can help you out well then Julie the bookkeeper Julie Julie's bookkeeping is the place for you did you know that outsourcing your bookkeeping for small businesses can save can make you more profitable by $7,000 a year because you're not wasting your time and your efforts doing something that you kind of halfway know to do. You're paying somebody that knows exactly what they're doing to save you that time and effort and make sure everything is correct, whether it's financial statements, uh, you know, tax preparation, all this kind of stuff. And they can help you out with some decision-making process too. You can get a free 30-minute consultation by using godogs.julie, the bookkeeper, that's J-U-L-I-E, the bookkeeper, B-O-O-K-K-E-E-P-E-R.com. That'll take you directly into their calendar where you can get a 30-minute free consultation. Jed, this is a family that uh, that loves, loves the dogs and uh, wants to be able to help dog fans. Yeah, I mean, what more could you want? You don't have to go to a Georgia Tech fan for this. You don't have to go to a Florida fan for this. You can go to somebody who, you know, supports the team that, that you support as well. So, uh, like Blaine said, go to their website, set up a, a free consultation, and then, uh, you know, start saving yourself some money. And Jed would save a lot more than $7,000 because he's a national analyst and he gets paid the big bucks. Right. Yeah, mucho dinero because he, every recruiting right. – ranking decision is it belongs to Jed said so that I mean the amount of salary that has to be doled out for those, that kind of decision making process is uh, immense and, and the fact that Georgia's over 3,000 points in July is a big reason you know Jed's where he's at right now so mm-hmm. yeah we're still working on how we're gonna slide Alabama up to get over it at the beginning or at the end with with the Bama bump and all but um you know we'll we'll, we'll get there but yeah all the decisions run through me so you know Dylan Iola number one Williams Nawanery you know, number three, number one defensive prospect in the country. Georgia could get number one on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know. But if he commits know, elsewhere, he's dropping. So, Right. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. So, so Joey's yeah. bookkeeping, and they can, they, can, they can take care of you. No doubt, no doubt. It, you know, Jed's in that higher tax bracket, so Julie has to really work hard to try to find ways to, to drop down and, and save him some money every April. But it is what it is. But, guys, check out – seriously, check out Julie's bookkeeping – uh, Julie the Bookkeeper. You can go to godogs.juliethebookkeeper.com to schedule your 30-minute free consultation and see how they can save you and your business money today. Okay, so now let's get to our vault questions. Jed, we got one from your guy up in Pennsylvania. PA Dog, yeah, I was just up in northeastern Ohio last week. What are y'all's feelings on KJ Bolden? All right, so reports everywhere, all over the place. Uh, we've talked to you know sources close to him, Trent. If you had to handicap this thing right now with an August fifth decision looming, what what do you how do you feel this one this one's going right now? I mean, I I, I still like Georgia personally. I, I think Georgia, uh, from a relationship standpoint, that what they've built over the past several years, not only with Kirby, but you get Muschamp and you got um, really the whole staff recruited him over the last couple of years. I think. Um, relationship standpoint that Georgia sits 
uh, right there amongst the the top. I think FSU's come on late. Um, I, I know, uh, you know, several schools have come on with the NIL. I think uh, I, I still think when it comes down to the end, I, I do like Georgia uh, right now. But, you know, several schools have tried to make a push in, in, in different ways than, you know, uh, they've tried to build a relationship, but, if, you know, they've taken different ways to, to try to get them. Jed, you've talked to some other – recruits about this situation some recruits that maybe are, are familiar with with what's going on or or are close to to kj what's the sentiment from other members of this class uh though how they how they feel this one this one could shake out yeah i mean when you talk to guys and you ask them hey who are you recruiting every single one of them says says kj bolton it seems like no matter who it is um so you know, I, I think there's confidence from the Georgia side. Like you said, Trent, they've built a relationship with him. For Georgia's built a relationship with him for years. There's the Montgomery-Van Gorder angle, of course, uh, to another Buford alum. Um, Donut Dog will tell you that this, is, this was destined to go somewhere else because KJ goes to Buford. So I don't know. I mean, this is certainly, you know, earlier this spring, it, it seemed like a lot more of or closer to a done deal sending KJ to Georgia, that doesn't that does not feel like the case anymore. Um I, I think Ohio State has a real chance. I think Georgia obviously has a real chance. I wouldn't discount Florida State. There's Alabama. I mean all these schools are in it. Um it's it's like you said there's there's the NIL has become a part of this thing. So I, I don't know. If you made me pick, I would pick Georgia. Would I, you know, bet bet the house or my or my nine figure salary on it? No, I wouldn't. So um but if you made me pick, I, w- I would pick Georgia. But it's it's one, and, and people have alluded to this on the board too. I think this is going to be one that it, it's it's not going to be over. It's going to be a what four month from August fifth until signing day, where it, it's not going to be over till December, you know, twentieth or whatever that early signing day is. I'll tell you this: at one point, and I'll just kind of pull the curtain back. At one point, this was like done deal. This was he was about to go in and and say, hey. We're pulling the we're pulling the trigger. We're going to publicly come out and be a Georgia Bulldog, and then in the last you know couple of weeks or so, it's really starting to started to open back up. Uh, Trent has talked a little bit about NIL with some other schools and things like that. Yes, there are there are schools, their collectives, things like that, making offers, counter offers, all this kind of stuff. But I want to just be really really transparent and blunt with people every single school that is having success recruiting is utilizing nil georgia included georgia Mm -hmm. goes about it in a little bit different way because they don't want to upset the apple cart on their roster and try to keep a roster together so they try not to their collective tries not to you know go crazy with incoming freshmen and stuff like that in terms of numbers, not, not Nico, I'm a leave territory and stuff like that, but it's not like George is not utilizing NIL. There are some schools, Trent, that utilize it a little bit heavily, heavier when it comes to the incoming freshmen. And I think that's what you're, you're seeing in some of these cases. Yeah. And I think that's where you get your, and like you said, um, from a roster standpoint, that's where you get your team in trouble. Um, I, I think when you have the incoming freshman coming in, uh, you know, being offered a certain amount and you have a rising junior who's an NFL uh, prospect, you know, uh, not getting as much as that upcoming freshman, I think 
that's where uh, feathers start to get ruffled on the roster. I think you saw that at Texas A&M um, a few years ago when they landed the number one class. And uh, Georgia's just simply not going to match some of the offers out there for prospects around the country. They're just simply not. They're not going to play that game. And, and Kirby, uh, as, as bad as you want to see – or fans want to see Kirby go out and, and match some of these offers and start playing the NIL game, I think you're taking a big risk with your roster. I think uh, that is, um, you know, it, it's a, uh, a, a sharp-edged sword right there you're battling, and I don't think Kirby wants to uh, go that route at this point because you're you're really, um, you know, th- that, that can affect your roster. And it, I've seen it several times already. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's uh it's definitely a, a double edged sword there where you got to try to figure some of that stuff out. Uh, now, Jeb, we got another one from Chris Landino. I think first time uh, question from Chris Landino on on the vault. Yeah, are there any safety prospects the staff could the staff could flip their focus on if uh, Peyton Woodyard flips and KJ Bolden decides to go elsewhere? Yeah, I'm. I was looking at the at the rivals rankings of, of of safeties and things like that. There, there's a couple guys who are committed uh, elsewhere, like Noah Dixon, who's a Lagrange guy from Troop. Does Georgia try to get in on a guy like that because he's an in-state guy? Of course, Xavier Phil Samey was at one point coming to take an official visit to to Georgia, uh, but he's committed to Florida out of McKinney, Texas. He canceled that visit uh, once he once he locked everything down with with Florida. So, I mean, possible names there that that could end up maybe getting in the picture. But Trent, I'm not so sure. Like if if just one of those guys, let's say for example Hayward or Woodyard, ended up you know saying uh, they're going elsewhere. If KJ Bolden were to commit to Georgia, I don't know that Georgia feels they absolutely have to go out and get another safety. Yeah, I don't either. And, you know, uh, Cameron Michael is still sitting out there with uh, who can play, yeah. um, you know, several positions in the in the secondary. So good point. I, I think Georgia has, um, you know, they have a few guys in mind that they could turn to, but I think they're going to continue to recruit this position, uh, or, you know, these guys at this position. And um, if, if something turns south, uh, I don't think you would see Georgia, you know, panic and, and make, Go out there and try to find a safety unless they lost two of the guys. I think you, if you, if you lost two, two of the current, you know, if you lost out on KJ Bolden and lost a current commit, I, I, you could see Georgia going out and, and searching for another safety, but I think they would be satisfied with two. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think there's a, a huge need with what they brought in the last class. I think, I think a couple would, would be just fine. All right, Jed, we got one from Mac Gata over here. Yep. Next three commitments. Next three commits. Well, we all know that Justin Williams is – he told me he's going to be making a decision sometime before the end of July. And I put a note out on the vault, you know, I think it was sometime last week saying – oh, actually, I remember it was July July 8th. And I said, hey, it's, it's July 8th, about 9 o'clock at night. And I said, I think Georgia's in as good a position as anybody – to land Justin Williams and Williams uh, Nwanari before the end of July. Didn't know at that point that Nwanari was going to announce August 1st, so that could be a little bit problematic one day, one day off uh, and uh, leaking into August. But, and, you know, Oklahoma, of course, is, is trying everything they can to 
make sure that he doesn't go to, to Georgia. But on Justin Williams' front, guys, I think Georgia's really got to like where they sit there. That could that could end up being the next commit for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, you look at those two, and then um, Christopher Jones, who has told us, you know, late July, early August. So, and that, you know, say you start on July, you know, 20th, the next two to three weeks after that, you can see all three of those guys go. So, I think it would be those three guys. I mean, I don't think when you look at these receivers, not that George is necessarily the favorite for any of them anyway, but the Mike Matthews, the Jeremiah Smith, the Wingos, those are going to go into the fall, it looks like. Um, you know, Nate Frazier is expected to go into the fall. Um, and I guess you throw K.J. Bolden in there too. So between Williams, Nawanery, Bolden, and uh, Chris Jones, I think those would be the pool um, – of, of, of guys that you could see pop at some point in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that Justin Williams decision uh, syncs up with, um, you know, the decision of Riddick who's making his final decision on July 26. Um, everyone likes to think uh, Kirby smart controls uh, all these dates and, and, you know, always has good news after bad news and not saying what's going to happen with Riddick, but, you know, that it's interesting that that's happened at the end of July and both of these both of these are happening at July end of the July. So see what yeah. See what order yeah. they fall in. Yeah. If it is if it is one after the other and Justin Williams as as we all feel right now is is, you know, trending towards Georgia. We feel like, you know, the addition of his teammate Joseph Janea Janye uh really helps bolster things there. Kirby doesn't like to let bad news linger. And if 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 Riddick ends up choosing Alabama, it wouldn't be surprising if if Williams hadn't already pulled the trigger at that point that he could go quickly after. So that's a great point there, Trent. So so if y'all had to say three, Jed, you're saying probably Williams, Jones, and then I'll go, I'll go uh Nuanary. I think Jones is kind of the the one without a date of the of the four. Um, but I'll throw him in there. Yeah, I would I would agree with that one. Unless Nate Frazier decides to go ahead and pop, but it seems like he, that one may drag out a little bit longer. Uh, Trent, he he may you know with with Alabama trying to turn up the heat, he may wait and take another couple of visits in the fall. Yeah, I think I mean obviously when you when you look at who's left on the board, um, you know those uh, those three along with KJ Bolden are, are kind of the next four. Um, what you know, Aiden Breland's probably going to go into the fall. Um, you got, um, you know, it, that those four just make the most sense. I don't see anybody just popping out of nowhere. I think Georgia's got their um, – are happy with where they sit right now and are just trying to add, uh, you know, a few of the big boys um, remaining. So, I, I don't see any surprise happening. I, I think it's between those four uh, who's going to be the next three, and it could uh, – if Georgia misses on one of them, could go to KJ. So, uh, it, I think it'll be three, uh, three out of those four. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, do we know? Do we do we know a date yet for Mike Matthews' decision, Jeb? We know that Georgia, you know, has to. Georgia's got to listen. It's going to be a battle if they want to be considered there. Tennessee, probably the prohibitive favorite at this point, but I can confirm that Georgia is still pushing very hard uh, for for Mike Matthews and really, really trying to make sure they're involved in that. So, do we have any update on you know when that might happen? No, I was asking around about that this week and haven't haven't really heard anything. So, you know, his easily could go in the fall. Jeremiah Smith, 
like like you said, Trent, if there's going to be any movement, it it won't be till December most likely. So um, no update there. I mean, if Mike Matthews could do what what everybody else does and commit before the season, or or he could take it out and take some more visits into the fall. I think that would help Georgia if it went into the fall, went deeper into the fall. Um, you know, showcase the offense and with Carson Beck and all those guys a little bit. Although you know. And, and I mentioned this in my, in my story the other day. If Georgia hasn't proven itself to him at this point, you know what 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 more can you do? But nonetheless, I feel like it might. The longer Georgia can stay in his ear and all that, I think it might be a little better. But um, no, 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 no firm decision uh, timeline for Mike Matthews as of now. I, I would say the one one of the ones that we haven't talked about is Chris Cole. Uh, if if Georgia yeah. were to miss on it, you know, linebacker, I know he wants to decide before the season. And um, I, I think he announced his top eight recently, but and Georgia was amongst that team. But I think that's a, that's a name that could pop up if Georgia missed on a couple guys. And I think he would probably be next in line. And you know he's got a summer announcement date, or doesn't have an announcement date, but plans on announcement before the season. C Buck Eleven wants us to talk about the latest on Williams and Wannery. Uh Of course, we know how talented he's. Like you said. Jetty's the he's the number one ranked defensive player uh, on in the rivals rankings, and he's a guy that Georgia got the last crack at at the end of June with a kind of impromptu, unofficial visit uh, where he made a trip down to Atlanta to see family and and made his way over to Athens uh, during that process. Georgia has kind of been viewed to been behind Oklahoma leading into that. But talking to some sources around this, even though that there's there's I think there's people on both sides of Georgia and Oklahoma feeling good about this right now. But definitely, I don't think there's anybody uh, that we've talked to around on the Georgia side saying, no, nah, you know, we'll, we'll see if if uh, they can if they can land him. I think it, there's, there's some confidence being espoused there. Yeah. And I mentioned this on the board today. I wouldn't. Uh bet any of my Lamborghinis on on Georgia or Oklahoma. I think it's those two. And then he, he took, an, like you mentioned, that weekend visit to Georgia. That came literally hours after an official to Missouri. So Missouri's in there. They're the home state. I would say they're probably behind Georgia and Oklahoma. Um, but it's, it's, it's a battle. I think the thing to watch with that August 1st commitment date, does he go anywhere – that last weekend in July, I think Oklahoma has like a cookout or, or something that, that they're trying to get a lot of talent in for. Obviously that would be huge for them uh, if they got Nwanari back on campus for that. So um, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it could go either way. Like you said, there are Georgia sources that feel good. There are Oklahoma sources that feel good. Um, it, it legitimately each has had momentum kind of of their own accord over the last, over the last couple months. Um, and it it's it's going to be a battle. I mean, it just is. It's going to go all the way down to the end. I I don't know that Williams has his mind made up right now, um, and, and it it could go could go either way as of right now. But I I think Georgia has as good of a chance as Oklahoma or Missouri. They're they're, they're as well positioned as anybody. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same. I, th- I think Georgia Oklahoma if. If NIL becomes a big part of this, I think Missouri will, will throw the 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 book in like they did Luther Burden, um, you know, that with the, with those in-state Missouri kids that they they tend to um, you know uh, throw a lot at those kids. But uh, at the same time, you know, 
this is another kid that that speaks with Dylan Rowan. Um, another kid that that's built a relationship there. That um, I, I know those two talk a lot, and you know I, th- I think Williams has is you know got to got to know some of the Georgia commits and communicated with them as well. So. It, it, that one will be interesting. I think Georgia, uh, whichever way I think it could go, Georgia's way I think it could go, Oklahoma's way. I think both of the schools are confident. And uh, like like Jess said, see where he shows up at the end of July. I think that's a big tell. And I don't think he's going to come back across the country to Georgia, but it would be better off if he didn't go anywhere or you know maybe went to uh, something at Missouri uh, rather than going to Oklahoma. I think if he goes to Oklahoma, that would push all the momentum that way. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, guys, when we talk about NIL and and things like that, a guy like Williams is – and we're talking about Williams-DeWannery, not Justin Williams, but a guy like like Williams-DeWannery is a guy that legitimately we're talking about an NIL that could command north of $25,000, $30,000 a month type from these collectives. So this is big money that people are, are, are talking about. Don't know if that's necessarily uh, what a team like a Georgia would want to do. Um, and But Georgia has lots going forward in terms of the connection to Uzo Deribe, uh, no honor of Nigerian descent. We've seen that play play a fact with um, some some other other prospects. So, you know, we'll see. How that how that comes into play, also the NFL development, things of that nature. So you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But right now, I do feel like uh, you know it's kind of it's kind of close. But I feel like Georgia's, uh, like Jed said, really really in the thick of it and it has a lot to sell. So um, the boy racer forty five says, assuming Justin Williams commits, which may have already happened by RBF. This weekend, so he was. This was written on on uh, Monday, I think, but so that hasn't happened uh, yet. And Riddick decommits. Do you see who do you see being the ILB two in the class? Chris Jones or Chris Cole? Um, if you had to pick one, Trent, are you still thinking Chris Jones over over Cole at this point? Yeah, I, I would think Chris Jones over Chris Cole. I know Chris Cole's up there, and uh, I know Georgia likes him a lot, but I think Chris Jones would be the next guy. Yep. Uh, JP Shooters on U- on YouTube says, is there a UGA cookout? Yeah, they're going to have the dog days of summer. A lot of that is 2025 guys coming in, and, and we're going to be talking about the 2025 big board. But who knows? Uh, they've, they've pulled in some 2024s that have come to that uh, in the past. Boy Racer 45 had a follow-up question. He said, how would you rank the six OL commits just based on long-term potential? So, Jed, if you had to, if you had to look at the, the 2025 – offensive or 2024 offensive line commits that Georgia has and you had to look into the future and say okay these are going to be the best guys when it's all said and done how would you how would you go about ranking them oh man I'm so used to ranking kids this should be easy um I mean I think I mean Daniel Calhoun is I think it's probably Calhoun and maybe Nair Daniels one and two just because they're both big guys that move really well i mean i hear daniels is is a literal monster um so so those two guys i think a guy like uh, michael luini who who's got that long athletic tackle frame um and he's physical man yeah i mean the thing is all the and i mentioned this earlier all you can make a case for all these guys 
and this isn't trying to blow smoke or whatever, but all these guys have tremendous upside. And I think, you know, in some other classes, there have been guys that, you know, these guys don't seem like as much of, in my opinion, like lottery tickets as, as maybe some guys in, in other classes, in previous classes, where these guys, you, you can easily talk yourself into saying, okay, this guy's going to contribute, this guy's going to contribute. And, and that's what Georgia needs is they look to restock um, this offensive line room. So, um, I don't know, that's, that's a long way of saying I don't really have a top six list, but I think all these guys have the, – the thing I'm most interested to see with this class is who, if any, ends up playing guard. Like, I think Daniel Calhoun could easily end up at guard. Um, Somebody's going to have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Malachi Tolliver maybe could end up at guard, but when you got all these – Six, seven, six, eight frames. Like that's that's a tough ask to 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 kick in a guard. So that's what I'm most interested to see. I think Daniel, like I said, Calhoun could be a guard, and it could be a really effective, you know, road raider type lined up next to. Does somebody get moved to center? They don't have a center yeah. in the class. You know, can anybody snap? With uh, Daniel Calhoun's high school coach, he's like, yeah, he can snap. He's done it. So. Um, not to say that we're, we're breaking any news that Daniel Calhoun's moving to center, but it could be tried. You know, it's. You got to get those interior guys and, and Blaine. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the big board for 25 at some point, but that's where you're seeing a lot of these interior guys like Cortez Smith and SJ, um, Alifatuli, and you know, guys like that where they're really going to try to restock those guys on the inside. Whereas this class, you're really looking at more of the the, the prototypical tackle frames uh, that you're bringing in. Trent, instead of maybe going through all six, just say maybe top two. Who do you think long term potential? Could be the best best two out of the six. I would say uh, Daniels one and Calhoun two, and then uh, Easley and you ending in that second tier. Um, I think um, that would be the second tier. I think the top tier. Uh, I think Nair Daniels has the highest ceiling of all six of them. I think it with his size and his ability to move, um, and and the fact that he's probably going to be a tackle. He's not going to move on the inside, so. Um, if you're looking at the most valuable, I think um, that that would be the most valuable Nair Daniels in this class. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I re- totally, totally agree. Ditto on all those all those sentiments right there. So, uh, Jed, we have one from D Franklin thirty one here. Yeah, how many times this cycle have you have you been told a recruit is going to commit to Georgia only to have that go awry? And where do you foresee that occurring with remaining commits that UGA leads for? I can think of I can think of I can think of two specifically uh in this in this class. Um I mean everybody knows Joseph Phillips, like everybody in the world was told he was gonna commit to Georgia because he told Georgia he was gonna commit to Georgia. Uh and then he told us that he was gonna commit to <laughs> commit to Georgia and then and then Auburn ended up being the being the school uh, a couple of days before it, it all kind of switched. So that was one um, definitely that, that went elsewhere. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I think and then it's more of a, like not necessarily a kid goes somewhere else, but you'll, you'll hear something is imminent, you know, yeah. and, and then the timeline gets switched or whatever. I think that is, is what has happened in this class, maybe more so than and then the, and the Joseph Phillips situation was was wild because it just switched on a on a dime pretty much. Um, you know, Michael Michael Luini was a little bit like that, not necessarily that 
it went things went awry but just in reverse yeah no one really knew coming out of that official visit like where he was going to go um you know there hadn't been a whole lot of georgia traction there and you know our michigan site felt very confident about it and then i think it was the night before his commitment or the night before that everyone started hearing georgia at once so um but yeah i I think it's more so of things go from imminent to down the line imminent to dates get announced later more so than you know it's going to be one school and then it, it it switches i think it's more of a timeline or has been more of a timeline thing lately anyway than um than switching schools i mean trent i think kj bolden could fall into that kind of category there yeah i think there's been this is a situation where georgia's had numerous silent commits um, throughout the spring and the summer, and I think a lot had to do with the fact that a lot of these kids were trying to save a spot uh, because they knew Georgia was filling up. And, uh, I mean, there there's several that are uncommitted that probably won't end up in this class or Georgia's class because of the number situation who were silent commits at one time or, uh, you know, told Georgia they were coming at one time. So I, I think there's, um, you know, there, there's been a few uh, for sure, but I think, you know, it's either been a numbers thing or they've chose elsewhere, like like Joseph Phillips. So, um, see what happens with KJ because, like you said, he, he's another one that falls in that category. Um, you know, Daniel Calhoun was was one that uh, you know kind of started, you know, scaring everybody, and and you know he, he's one that told Georgia back early June, and um, you know, and then after Alabama, and and. Uh, came on strong and several other schools uh, he elected to go to Georgia, but you know, that was another one that, uh, you know, had us on our tiptoes for a while. Yeah. I think, I think Carter Nelson was a guy that was really fell in love with Georgia during his official visit and was telling a lot of the commits and telling a lot of uh, people, you know, staff and stuff like that, that Georgia's kind of where he wanted to be, but then he gets back to Nebraska and realizes he's got to drive, you know, few hours to get to an airport and then and then fly a few hours to get to Georgia if you want to do that and he's very close to his family and all that kind of stuff so he said hey I'll just stay home and go to Nebraska so there's stuff like that that happens the guys have that 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 feeling when hey this is where I want to be on a visit but then they go home and they realize oh well there's some stuff there's some other factors I have to consider here and stuff like that so those are some examples of things that would uh, come into play there. I think Fletcher Westfall was another guy that fell in that category. And not necessarily that he told Georgia he was coming, but I think um, Georgia simply ran out of room at the position. And um, well, you know, these guys that have committed the last few days, it's all of a sudden it's 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 boom. Georgia spots are filled, just kind of out of nowhere, and there's no more room at the end. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, JL, it says, with Georgia pulling more out-of-state talent, that leaves more Georgia boys for others to recruit. What other school benefits the most? I think Clemson benefits from Georgia being more of a of a you know national brand. Uh, South Carolina. Auburn. Auburn with Hugh Freeze there is going to benefit from that a good bit. What other schools y'all think? I mean, I, mean I, think, I think Florida does. I think Georgia recruits Florida mm-hmm. so well, and I think Florida benefits from Georgia landing those top guys and comes up and lands some guys from Georgia. Um, Florida State uh, is big in South Georgia, um, and and of course Auburn and Clemson have always been there. So, yeah, I mean, Tennessee tries to recruit 
Georgia very hard. I mean, the the talent level of high school players in East Tennessee is not not great. Uh, so they're going to dip into they're going to dip into Georgia a lot as well. And the amount um, of Georgia kids that I've heard that's interested in Michigan and Ohio State has been a lot more this year than than in before. I think uh, you know there's a there's a lure to go up up north and play at Michigan Ohio State. Hunter D sixty nine oh four says, I know it's early, but if you had to pick a top five for players in the twenty twenty four class to make the biggest impact as freshmen, who would you pick? Uh you can include players that you think Georgia gets. So as a freshman. You're being tricky. Uh well, I, of course you gotta say Dylan Raul is one, depending on what happened with Carson Beck. I think he could come in and make an impact. Um, and, you know, I, I think Nate oh, Chauncey Bowens uh, is a guy that could come in and make an impact uh, year one. Phillips. Do what? Is that him and Dwight Phillips? Just because Phillips' skill set is 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 very you know unique and dynamic. You can line them up all over the place and that kind of stuff. With with Kendall Milton and Dejan Edwards, um, you know, set to set to leave after this year. That was that was that was my thought too. I would say Nykar. Um, as a guy that come in play, even Nitro, I think, is a guy that come in play year one. Um, and Ellis Robinson um, and Justin Williams, I would say those two. Um, I think it's harder to play on the offensive line as a freshman, so I'm going to leave the offensive line out. I think Georgia's pretty stocked up at tight end, uh, even though they have two good ones coming in. So I would say those five, uh, Justin Williams, um, uh, Nykar, uh Chauncey Bowens, Dylan Raul, and – Ellis Robinson. Yeah, if I was ranking them, I'd rank uh, Raola given, you know, thinking that, that Beck goes pro after having a good year. That would that would be one. I would rank Jaden Riddell in there because I think he's gonna be a, a monster. I'd put I'd put him in there. I'd rank Drew Miller in there because they're gonna need a punter. Uh and and he's he can he can kick it a lot. So I'd put I'd put Drew Miller Drew Miller in there, um, in in mine. Trying to think, uh, I think running back is a good call. Whether it's Chauncey Bowens or if Nate Frazier commits to to Georgia, I think he could have an immediate impact. And then the other one I would put in there is Ellis Robinson because I think Ellen, Ellis Robinson would have a chance to be a a starter like right off the bat. Like he's going to be able to compete because I think Georgia's going to lose some players at that position to the portal. Uh, Trent, some guys may be frustrated not getting to getting to play, and you know you're going to see Kamari Laster go to the league. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, saying he's severely underranked at 22. Uh, I think he is. So Jed, do something about that because I think he's right. a top ten player. Right. He's really good. <laughs> he's he's very good, and and like you said, that could even be like a, a Eric Stokes situation where or Tyson Campbell. I, I might get those mixed up, but like by the end of the year, he he could come on and and, and be a full time starter by the end of the year once he gets, you know, his feet wet a little bit, get some playing time, get some, um, you know, gets get some reps, and he could come on by the end of the year. I mean, he's he's a really 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 good player. And this player, M two, I don't think he's going to be a top five player, but I do think he's going to have a role on special teams, and that's uh, Dwight Phillips. I think he's going to have a role on the team, whether it be. Uh, punt return, kick return, or it be, um, you know, putting him out in the slot and playing a little bit. I, I think he's going to have a role as a freshman. I just, you know, I don't know what that's going to be, but uh, that kid can fly, and um, you know, he, he's he's a special talent. No doubt. I want to share something real quick. Now that we've kind of talked about the 
2024 class, I want to talk about this 2025 big board that we put out today. Um, you can see, see it right here. Uh, we've got some commits on there, but it goes position by position and just lets you know the guys that, that Georgia is after. You see at the quarterback position, uh, Ryan Montgomery, you got Deuce Knight, Antoine Hill, guys that Georgia's been involved with. This isn't necessarily done by preference by Georgia. Uh, we do put the commits first, but after that, we were just kind of going through and listing all in one spot guys that Georgia is involved in recruiting at those positions. Uh, you see if they're committed elsewhere, like Tavion Swint here from Kissimmee. Uh, Ryan Williams is committed to Alabama. They're, they're involved there, but I think it's going to be a good resource for vault members only. You have to be a member of UGA sports to, to, to get access to this. And we're going to be updating it at least monthly going forward with the class of 2025, all the way until they sign. So it's a new feature we're putting out here, the big board, um, you know, uh, we, we've kind of found out this formatting trick could make it even use this formatting for his uh, class prediction, you know, to, to, to put it out there. So a new tool we have here at UGA Sports and just wanted you guys to see it. Guys, uh, looking at the big board today, just what are some – and I can scroll up and down. You just let me know. But what are some thoughts or some positions that you're kind of looking at here early as you look through the 2025 big board? Yeah, I mean, you wonder what's – Gonna have I'm intrigued by what you're at right there, Blaine, inside linebacker, because a lot of these offers are like fairly recent ones. I mean, obviously Jaden Perlotti is committed, but like Weston Port is a recent offer, Kelvion Riggins is a recent offer, Melendez is a recent offer that that visited. So interesting to see how that shakes out. And then um and then running back too with, with Jabri Coleman. Jabri Coleman is a guy that kind of gets forgotten about because he's been committed for so long. He he kind of surprised all of us when he committed over you know a year year and a half ago it's it's been a long time and then there's so many names you know Usman Chroma from Lee County Jordan Davison from Modern Day Alvin Henderson Byron Lewis a guy you know we I uh I forgot when I was looking over it the other night Donovan Johnson who is originally from Savannah now at IMG Academy that's another one that that Jordan is really involved with so um those two positions I think it's going to be interesting because those are spots obviously where you look to take two or three guys there's a one commit already at each one, do the commit stick to who are going to be the, the one or two other guys that, that end up kind of filling it out. Trent. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at these two running backs, you saw uh chroma, you know, down at the future 50 uh, and then Jordan Davison, he's the number one back uh, in the class, I believe. So when you're, when you're talking about those two type of guys, Georgia is going to need to reload at that position as well. Like Jed said, well, tell, tell everybody what you, kind of solved with up close and personal with chroma there chroma is a stud that knows nothing about football and it, it's nothing <laughs> to get but but like literally he told me that i was like well who did you follow you know growing up he's like i didn't really follow college football i still don't and he was like you know i don't know much about georgia he said but he has had the opportunity to visit georgia and that relationship's building with Dell mcgee he had a chance to camp right before um i think he has seven on seven he talked about how he caught six touchdowns i believe um you know this is a guy who had 2,000 yards last year or right at 2,000 yards rushing and uh you know and i think he told me what his reception was 300 400 yards but um i mean he is really really good and i know that uh several school of florida states involved 
Um, the, there's several schools involved, but this is a guy who's going to have to go through the process to learn about these teams because a lot of these kids come in and, you know, they know about the team. Uh, it's more of an experience in the campus and getting that this guy's really uh, starting new from a knowledge standpoint. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who's able to build that relationship with him because I think that's going to be the key is uh, relationship with Chroma. But he's really, really good. Uh, you know, another position that we're looking at with all the offensive tackles Jordan took in this class is uh, interior offensive line. SJ is a stud. Um, uh, he, he is uh, – uh, really really good and i think that would be uh, one of the main guys that georgia's focused on uh, you know they got the connection uh, the las vegas connection out there uh, on staff uh, at georgia and um you know he, he came up with uh, uh, to a visit told me he even thought about committing on that visit but he wanted to go through the process uh a little further and and, and take some more visits but um yeah that that is a guy who i'm looking at he's really really good can play center can play guard um you know him. Him and Justice Terry went head on uh, several times, and those are two maybe for uh, future. Uh, uh, I think Justice Terry is a future first round pick, but maybe a future first second round pick, uh, something like that. Mal Waldrop in this, he's a guy that Jed's going to end up bumping up a lot in the rankings before this is over with. He he transferred from a small. Uh, a private school in Georgia over to and Columbus over to phoenix uh central phoenix over there and he's really going to get to put on display and get a lot more exposure how good he is georgia offered him immediately when he came for a workout over there stacy searles did and he's a guy who who he's listed as offensive tackle but he's going to play either center or guard and maybe maybe center uh when he when he comes over and and he's He's a guy that just plays with great leverage. He's nasty, plays through the echo, the whistle, all those good things uh, that you like. So I think that is an interesting position there. I'm going to go back to the the running back a little bit. A couple connection things I think people should know in 2025. Byron Lewis, American Heritage. Uh, Jed, this is a guy that, that Sony Michelle has been closely involved with, talking to about the University of Georgia. So uh, that's a factor that could play in there. And then Justin Baker, as much as people see Buford and they think, oh, well, you know, that dynamic could change tremendously. If K.J. Bolden picks Georgia on August 5th, you got Dylan Raola there that's going to be recruiting the crap out of those kids because he always is recruiting for Georgia, never stops. Jaden Perlotti is, is committed to Georgia in Justin's class there could be a real change of how things go down at, at Buford there in, in a short amount of time. So I think that is, I think that's an interesting deal. And then these receivers right here, Cameron Sparks and Marcus Harris, I've wrote pieces on them and in interviews that I had with them recently. They're, they're just not here for the negative recruiting against Georgia. Like they're people, people tried to, to talk to them about it and they said, listen, I, I we just don't think that that's a, as a big factor in in how we look at at Georgia because we know who uh, Brian McClendon is and we know what Georgia is going to do offensively and we kind of just you know see it for ourselves. So I thought that was an interesting piece. Our big board right now it is not ranked by you know preference or things like that. But as we go forward and we get you know past September here with the 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 contact date and things like that when coaches can reach out directly to them. Once we get into the fall, it will be a ranking uh, type system that we utilize. And I think it'll be a great feature guys that we have going forward here. 
Yeah. I mean, and it's an, a, a notice on the left side. It says new. I mean, I'm assuming that's in the future. Because they're new to that right. ranking that we, right. that we made. Right, moving up, down, stay the same, new additions, whatever. Um, you know, I, and a guy, you know, the thing is, a guy we didn't even talk about on that list is the number one overall prospect in the class, Elijah Griffin. Um, out of Savannah, Georgia's in a good spot with him early on. So as Georgia looks to keep rebuilding that 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 room, that's going to lose a lot after this season. So, um, yeah, it, it's early, but it, it's not that early, man. It's Like you said, Blaine, the contact period is a month and a half away, essentially, where coaches can start directly contacting that kids, and then it's, it, it's on. I mean, this fall is going to be huge in terms of shaping that board, um, you know, going into, to, into next year. And just as we as we've already experienced now, we're about we're about nine months away from all these guys starting to commit in flurries. Okay, because we've seen that already. Even less, you know, six to nine months away. So it, it recruiting never stops, and it's going going fast here. Could you imagine a defensive line with Williams, Nawanery, Elijah Griffin, and Justice Terry? Yeah, it'd be with be nice. a. An elder Jamal Jarrett and Nam Diogboko in the middle. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it it is insane. What George is stacking up. There's a reason they won back to back national championships. So go from there. All right. Uh, as our guy Greg Rosenberg put out, hey guys, this this might be the wrong place to ask, but my small business is having bookkeeping problems. Do you know any suggestions? Yes, thank you for the softball there. Presented by Julie's Bookkeeping. Check them out today if you want a 30 minute free consultation. Utilize gododogs.juliethebookkeeper.com uh that's in the i put it in the comments up there and you can see it here uh scrolling across the bottom gododogs.juliethebookkeeper.com help out dog fans they want to help you out as well um but guys that's uh that's it for tonight we've talked a lot about the 2024 class dove into the 2025 class a little bit uh going to be an interesting finish to the the month of July. We'll be back on Monday night on regular on our regular time to see if anything uh, goes down this weekend. I know we're in a dead period, but if not, we'll 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 delve deeper into the 2025 class and maybe even talk about some 2026 guys because Jed has a piece coming up on that. So for Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer. We will catch you guys next time. Make sure to hit that like button. That helps us out a lot. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Catch you guys on Monday night here on UGA Sports, Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>